If you want to have good credit, if you want people to approve you for things, you need to work on your day-to-day finances. If you don't have control of every penny that comes in and out of your pocket, you are probably going to end up with bad credit. This is Steve Didier. Welcome to the Rona Mindset Podcast. Today, we are going to dig in on a subject that is near and dear to my heart with my background in credit. We are going to talk with one of the kings of credit online, Ricardo Soto. He is the CEO and founder of the Financial ER. How you doing, brother? Hey, Steve. Thank you so much, man. Great to be on your show today. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. With the time zones, it's a little bit weird sometimes, but uh, we made it happen. Yeah. Tell me and us, you know, like... Obviously, we both have a background in credit. I had a credit repair business for you know seven years prior. How long mm-hmm. have you been in the industry? So officially, I guess you can say it's it's been three years. I'm actually celebrating my third year anniversary in business this week. So uh, oh, I, I think, uh, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, but I think overall, it's been about four years, four and a half years since I started my journey. I'm like, okay, how does how does credit actually work? You know, let's figure this right. out. What was what was the what was the the stimulus or what was the impetus that got you started looking at credit in the first place? Um, it was one of those things where like you know life hands you or deals you certain cards that you have to start you know dealing with or you know h- how do you go from there? So in my in my case, I was in debt one hundred and thirteen thousand dollars in charged off credit cards, two repossessions, and I found myself filing for a Chapter Seven bankruptcy. So it was like, okay, how do I, how do I get out of this? How do I get better, if you will? You know what I mean? Right. That's, yeah. That's usually what I find out that people have gotten to credit. Cause that's kind of how, that was kind of my entry into the credit arena as well. Because in my previous life before that, I was a real estate agent and I got absolutely okay. wiped out in the crash. I was yeah. just killing it in real estate. And then I wasn't. And then when I, I was like, all right, well, I guess my credit is because I, I literally, I, I did the chapter seven bankruptcy, but I had charge off cars, multiple car repos, multiple home foreclosures. I mean, you name it. I had everything. So wow. when I, when I decided to, you know, for a while, I was like, all right, screw it. You know, I probably will never have good credit again. But then after a little while, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta fix this, <laughs> you know? So sure. that's what I kind of started digging into it. And that's, that's exactly what led me down the path of starting in the credit industry as well. Oh, I see. Very similar, very similar backgrounds of something crappy happening in the background. And, you know, it's like, okay, how do we, how do we get better at it? Right? Exactly. Exactly. So you, um, you've been doing it for about three years. Now, one of the things that, because we had a little bit of overlap, you know, I, I actually met you online. I can't remember if you reached out to me or if I reached out to you or whatever, but I remember seeing you on TikTok when I started doing a little TikTok. And I mean, a couple of things really impressed me about you specifically. One, obviously you've got like, what, 400 and some thousand followers. It's absolutely massive following on TikTok. Yeah. And it's that guy, Dot Ricardo, right? Yeah. Okay. Easy to remember. Looking, that guy, yeah. Dot Ricardo. So, and so obviously you, you mastered the social media game. You're consistent on that, which was, I was really, really had a lot of respect for that. But then you also don't do a lot of clickbait bullshit. You, you give us nice, good, solid advice, and you're consistent with it throughout. And the way, you know, since we've interacted since, that's one of the reasons I want to have you on the show is because, you know, 
like it or not, the industry is um, got a black eye. A lot of people mm -hmm. in the industry don't necessarily operate from an ethical standpoint. And, you know, they're good guys out there, good girls out there doing good things. And you're like, you're one of those people that I found that was really honest and upfront. And you were always willing to talk with me, even though I had like, you know, a thousand followers and you had 400,000. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much for the feedback. And yeah, I mean, honestly, the thing about it is I think everybody wants to earn money one way or another using their knowledge, right? Especially in the credit space. But there are people that just don't know how to get attention the right way. And the quickest and easiest way to get attention is to tell somebody exactly what they want to hear. And, for example, if somebody's telling you, oh, you don't owe your collections, for example, right? Well, that, that is truly false information. But people are willing to hear that out. People are saying, like, how does this work? Because that, I want that to be me. I want to not owe my debt. Uh, I want to be able to be free and clear. And if you're telling me that, please make it happen. I'm willing to throw some change at you. And um, th the thing about it is because I personally went through this process where uh, like my, my thing is anytime I teach someone about credit is I always tell people like it isn't about what you think. Like if, if you already knew the way credit worked, you wouldn't need me in your life. But there's a reason why you're listening to me. And it's because you haven't made something work quite you haven't made something work uh as, as good as you wanted to right so and we my process really when it comes to trying to market to to people uh is to break down the pattern of thought that they have and replace it with my own and if i'm successful if i'm able to do that successfully then at that point i'll have them leave my program learned and, and master something completely different that they've never thought about, which is like, wow, I was approaching credit in a whole different way um, for the last two to three years that wasn't giving me the result that I wanted. And that's my whole philosophy behind my teachings, behind my TikTok videos or any social media posts that I do. It's breaking down your pattern of thought and replacing it with my own. Exactly. There's so much misinformation in the credit space. And that was one of the things when I started digging into it, it was like, you would listen to people, you see this website or that YouTube video or wherever, and it was all conflicting information. Yeah. And it sure. was this this huge mess to, I mean, I got off on trying to figure it all out and I dove into it with everything. But yeah, it you know, for the for the normal person, it's confusing at best. Mm -hmm. But there are some definite principles that you need to follow. And and when you lay your stuff out on TikTok, that's you know, and that's what I was trying to do. There's a couple of people that I really liked what they're doing on social media and yours is one of them. So that's why with my own social media in the credit space, I try to do that same thing. Give good information. Yeah. Provide value. Yeah. You, you know, like there's something that I tell people all the time because I, I go live Monday through Friday for at least an hour trying to answer as many questions in the credit space as, as I can. Oh, wow. But I tell people the more I learn about credit, the more I realize credit is very simple to understand. We are the only ones that make it complex. In reality, if, if you wanted to master the credit game, you just have to learn five basic principles. And those five basic principles are exactly the way that your credit score is calculated. If you're able to learn five of those principles and understand them at a little bit of greater depth than you do now, you're going to become a beast. You're going to become unstoppable. You're going to be probably above most of the people in America yeah. when it comes to their knowledge of credit. And it, that, it's not difficult to understand it and learn it. No, I think it's the 80-20 rule, to be honest. It's 
if you like those five principles, the five, five scoring factors with FICO, if you really figure those out, you got 80% or more of the game mastered. Yeah. No, really that's do. true. I like that. There are some, there are obviously, you know, some subtle nuances here and there that, you know, that you can pick up and different things like that, but you're absolutely right. Those, you get real down. You were getting really solid on those five fundamental things. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in real good standing. And that, and that's so many people listen to people in that really don't know about credit, their family members or their friends tell them this, that, and the other thing. And it really leads them astray because you probably experienced the same thing I did. People just come to you with these really strange ideas about how credit works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know you've heard them all, but it's, it's, but it all boils down to those five fundamental things. You're right. Yeah, no, it it truly does. And and you're right. Like one thing that I noticed is uh, you know, in the last three years of continuously making content for social media, people don't want what works for them. People want the things that are easy for them, right? So it's like, hey, let's get you into a house, but we have to establish the fact that you haven't created trust between banks and lenders. You can't If you can't create trust with a $200 credit card, there's absolutely no way a bank or a lender is going to give you access to a $1,000 credit card let alone a $500,000 home loan, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, I don't want to know that. Tell me about the hacks to boost my credit, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's like, and that is that is exactly the reason why you can't get approved for the things you want because you have a fundamentally wrong idea of how credit and approvals work. Yep. 100%. And then the next step of that is, okay, if you somebody gives them the information, you have to implement it. Consistent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it's not enough thing. to just listen. <laughs> no. Yeah. You do actually have to make your payments on time. Yeah. As shocking as that seems to be for most people <laughs> or a lot of people. Yeah. So with the uh, let's talk about the social media for a second because mm-hmm. you said you started on social media about three years ago. Yeah, I started on social media heavily about three years ago. Okay. That is that's amazing what you were able to do uh, in terms of uh, following. Then what's uh, this is off this credit subject, but what would you say is the the secret to obviously it's consistent implementation, but above and beyond that, what's the yeah. what is the biggest the biggest insight you give people who are looking to start social media to grow their business? It's consistency. Um, I think that at first, like if, if I look at my first video ever, and I, I remember making this video, I had no clue how to use the app. Um, I was making you know little videos here and there with just writing on the on, on the screen, trying to give some type of credit advice in regards to what I knew at the time. And um, the, the biggest thing was because of consistency, I got so comfortable being behind the camera. I think that a lot of people stop at the fact that they're like, well, let me perfect what I'm going to put out. You don't need, you probably won't perfect it. Like 99.999% of the time, you probably will change the way that your your flow, your rhythm, as you start getting more comfortable. So for the people that are on the brink of like, well, I want to do social media, but I, I don't feel like I have the right strategy yet. You won't know what your strategy is until you actually go through it. And then you start understanding social media in a different way, you know? So um, it, it's one of those things like, you know, I've been married for almost 15 years now, 
And uh, I, I thought like, oh, you know, being married is just, you know, being with your partner and being able to, you know, just live together and, and make a life for yourself. But there's so much more work that comes behind it. And just the idea of it isn't what got me through those 15 years. It's right. the work. It's like, oh, wow, this is how this works. And I never even thought of that. It's, it's, it's similar to social media where you don't realize there's certain things that matter and you will probably never realize them until you actually get your toes wet. 100%. And a lot of people I've noticed also have, you alluded to this a little bit, but have, they, they, they don't necessarily like seeing themselves on video. Yeah. And like you said, they want to get that perfect and they want to make sure what they're saying is absolutely perfect. And it's this get it perfect, which is the enemy of implementation. Yeah. Take the action, take your lumps, understand it's not going to be perfect, and you will learn much faster by doing. Absolutely. And, and you know, to add to that, Steve, um, I, I, mean, I, I don't want to sound like a jerk or anything, but I think that a lot of people don't want to do the things that they do in order to be successful, but they still do them, right? And I've seen a lot of posts going around social media. It's like, hey, this is how you get traction without actually showing your face. And there's a lot of truth to that. However, Let's think about what's going on in the market, you know, from a specific marketing perspective, where now you have all these big companies, Toyota, uh, you have like, uh, you know, different brands reaching out to creators because the way that now people are buying is through smaller businesses like you and I, where it's like, hey, I don't trust a big brand or a big company, but I'm willing to trust Steve because Steve has constantly shown things that are valuable to me, and I trust Steve. That is exactly what brands are looking for now, and that's why they create these different partnerships. You know, it, it's, it's been amazing, like, getting reached out by GMC, being reached out by Toyota, saying, hey, uh, we would love for you to target our audience with some of your knowledge, and, and how can you bridge that gap together between credit and purchasing a car with us, right? All these opportunities arise, but it's, it's like, I've lost 17 pounds in the last two months because of doing this diet. I left sugar behind and carbs. Did I want to do that? No. So for the people that are saying, well, I don't like to show my face or I don't want to show you your face, I totally understand you, but it's one of those things that you have to do if you want to be successful. You can't choose which elements you're going to use in order for you to create your success journey. You have to do them all. Yep. Yep. I think it was Mike Tyson said not too long ago, it's like, Discipline is doing the things you don't want to do and doing them like you love them. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right, man. But it, it's true. And that's with everything, whether it's diet, credit, you know, working on your company, whatever it is, you've got to be consistent. You have to be disciplined. You have to put in the work, whether you feel like yeah. it or not. A lot of people are like, well, I didn't really feel motivated to make videos today. Or I didn't feel motivated to go to the gym. I'm like, and? Yeah. I'm in the gym six days a week. I'm not motivated every single day, but I get there. Right. Yeah. I think the hardest part is just showing up. You know, um, I think that people have a like a fundamentally wrong idea of what success represents. And they look at it from the big angle, from the biggest picture, zoomed yeah. out completely. They're like, wow, like that's a lot of hard mm -hmm. work. But I think like you'll be surprised. Uh, you know, if I look back at the three years that I've done work, it's just being consistent on the little things. Hey, I'm going to make three videos today. I'm going to make five videos today, every single day, Monday through Friday. And then once I got access to, to go live, it's like, hey, I'm going to go live every day for an hour, for an hour, for an hour. 
You know, the only times that I take off the live is because I either have a lot going on uh, managing the company or I have vacation time scheduled or something like that, you know? Right. But looking back, it's like those those things like anyone can do them, but you just choose not to. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you a question with that. So how many videos do you say you average per day on TikTok? I used to do five to eight per day. Five to eight a day. That's why you grew. Yeah. and But the thing is you, you get a flow going and you're like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. And one of the things that I heard from Gary V that really helped me out is you're going to say the same thing over and over and over and over again. I just have to catch that one person at the right time in the right place. So the, the cool thing about having consistency, Steve, is that you begin to realize what messages people want to listen to, and you begin to add your own pattern of thought to those messages, and then they begin to gain, gain traction. Because there's videos that are going to get you the lowest amount of views, and there's videos that are going to do very well. And you're going to start to notice, like, there's a pattern to everything, you know? So you're like, okay, well, let me add this to my frequently video list, right. you know? You know, I, I personally ran into exactly what you're talking about because, well, one, I was just doing a video a day. So that's mm -hmm. why I have 22,000 followers and you got 400 and some thousand. However, <laughs> one of the things, and it, it was, I mean, it's just a mental roadblock, obviously. But I was like, man, I already talked about this every different way I possibly could because there's only so many things in the credit niche in the credit industry that you can talk about in terms of credit repair and credit education, you know? Yeah. And that, I don't know why that was, that was a, that was a tough thing for me to overcome. It's like, man, I just did a video on this like two weeks ago or a month ago, but it doesn't matter. It's keeping consistently just coming at it a different way, sharing different stories, different examples, and just a different spin on it. And like you said, you don't have to respond. You just have to catch that one person at the right time. Yeah. That's yeah, it. that's really the strategy behind it all, honestly. Uh, people ask sometimes when they're about to embark on the social media journey, like, well, don't you ever run out of topics to talk about? And the answer is really no, because A, if you're consistently learning, you're always going to try to put new information out there. But B, you realize that there's specific information that people are looking for and that are drawn to. So therefore, you're going to just continuously pump the same thing, maybe change a word here and there. But you get so comfortable with that topic. And when you when you work in that comfortability zone, like you really can tell the energy in the video. You know what I mean? And it does so well. So it's it's one of those things that if without consistency, you'll never be able to get there. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Now, obviously you've got a do you, do you focus as much on the other social media channels or is your main focus TikTok or what do you do on the other ones to kind of keep that brand i i actually try to repurpose everything so when it comes to when it comes to short form content like you know something less than two minutes that's that's really where i thrive at the moment and i'll usually record on the tiktok app and then from there just have one of our assistants download it and then repurpose it to uh pinterest instagram facebook reels and youtube shorts so we're trying to hit different angles and the great thing is that we've created a following of over oh my gosh over half a million people between all social medias just following that strategy you know um again it's, it's going back to what we were saying earlier somebody would be like oh my gosh like that's a lot of work but in reality no i just had to record one video and then just repurpose it you know right it, 
So, yeah. I ran into some issues. I, I started to do that. I started repurposing TikTok videos to Facebook. That was when Facebook started Reels. And mm -hmm. it was booming for me. I don't know what you know happened, but I was adding 1,000 to 1,500 followers a week regularly, wow. posting once a day. But then I was running out of time. Life happened. So I'm like, okay, I want to keep the consistency in posting. But I started repurposing TikTok videos, but they still had the watermark. Mm -hmm. And the minute I started doing that, within a week, it died. Even if I'm posting every single day, I add about 50 a month on Facebook now. So Facebook yeah. just did not like the ones with the watermarks. watermarks. Yeah. So I hear you. You know, I was, mean, here's here's the great thing about exposing issues and, and problems that we run into. There's always going to be a company or someone who's willing to solve that problem. And I know exactly what you're saying, and that's what we search. And yeah, there's apps out there nowadays that are going to help you just completely remove that watermark mm -hmm. for you to be able to post wherever you want to. Yep, so. it'll take the watermark right off. It'll change the metadata so you don't get duplicate punished for duplicate content. YouTube Shorts yeah. is you should YouTube Shorts are tough on that as well. They want they want some original content. So you gotta you gotta tweak it, take the steps. But that was just a lesson I had to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. But that's all right. I hear you. Okay, so let's uh, let's touch back on credit. One of the one of the biggest things that I loved about being in the credit industry was when I got the opportunity to work with young people mm -hmm. and help them get off on the right foot credit wise, right from the beginning. When you have a blank slate, you're not have to do repair. You don't have made all the mistakes and give them that education so that they're set. Obviously anything can happen, but I've seen like so many people that I talked to and they're 18, 19, just starting out their credit journey. And it's amazing what a little bit of guidance does for these kids and also when they start realizing not just the nuts and bolts of how credit works but how important it is in our day-to-day -day lives and how important it's going to be for the rest of their life so give a give me some of your thoughts on the power of credit in terms of saving money on day-to-day -day life and also as a tool to generate wealth? Okay, great question. And I, I get similar questions when I go live on TikTok um, from the perspective of, uh, hey, I just turned 18 or I just turned 19 and uh, I'm getting my first credit card. What should I get? Or I just have my first credit card. Which credit card should I get next type of deal, right? right. And I always tell the people, look, before you begin your credit journey, I, I would love if you understood what credit really means because i remember when i was 18 and i got my first credit card my limit was 800 dollars. it was a bank of america college credit card but my balance was always between 750 and 790 dollars i was addicted to shopping on ebay you know what they called me the ebay sniper man so because <laughs> i was sniper. always putting bet bids at the last minute at the last few seconds before an auction ended and I was trying to win that item, right? I remember um, I was I was heavily invested into into rock music, so I would buy uh, guitar pedals and stuff like that at the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, man, I was sniping on eBay like crazy. But um, I, I tell people, look, credit is the aftermath of something much bigger. Let's look at the bigger picture. If you want to have good credit, if you want people to approve you for things, 
you need to work on your day-to-day finances. If you don't have control of every penny that comes in and out of your pocket, you are probably going to end up with bad credit. Why? Because you're going to use credit cards as an extension of your income to fulfill a lifestyle that you really can't afford. Right now, let's put you in the other side of the equation. If you actually have control of your day-to-day finances and you're using your credit cards correctly because of this, you're probably going to end up with good credit unless something tragic happens like an accident, emergencies, etc., where you need to access credit lines or you can no longer pay your debt. But it's just simply cause and effect. So, you know, I always tell people when it comes to you being able to to have good credit, that is the main focus. That is the main piece that you want to concentrate on by getting a handle on your day-to-day finances. And that does include, you know, creating savings plans. That does include the most unsexy word in the internet, which is budgeting, right? (laughs) So, you know, there's a reason why it's so unsexy because nobody wants to learn how to save money. Nobody wants to learn how to budget. But in reality, when you look at the people with the highest credit limits or the highest FICO scores, they play by a different rule book than most people. You know, and and we always do this poll online. It's like, okay, what do you think it's better? It's credit or cash? And, you know, people are going to say, oh, credit or cash or both. And I'm like, in reality, they're both the same thing. It's just the angle in which you approach it. The only difference is if you're using cash or a debit card, you are able to automatically remove that balance from your overall, uh, you know, checking account, if you will. But if you're using credit, you have the ability to carry that balance for a large periods of time, which is what's going to get you into debt if you don't know how to handle those day-to-day finances. Yep. So, oh, that's um, critical. Critical. Yeah. Basic financial literacy, like you said, budgeting and, and controlling your expenditures, having some sort of discipline financially is so important. Right. I did the same thing when I got my first college credit card. It was a $200 card, but... I hadn't really been exposed to anything credit-wise before that. So for me, it was like free money. Like you said, an extension of my income. I'm like, oh, I got this money to spend. Like, yeah. Now I'm looking back like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I hear you, man. Yeah, and it's it's a story of everyone's life, honestly. Like I remember back in high school when, we, when I was taking economics class, I think that we spent maybe 40 minutes in total regarding how credit cards worked. Um, but there was never no type of emotional, uh, hey, emotional um, lesson on like, you know, there's things that you're going to want in life, but don't use your credit cards if you can't afford it, right? There's no real education behind every single class that we take out there to really help us master the things that are going to matter, you know, how to make money or how to manage your money, et cetera. Right. But they still drive us that the whole culture, the whole society is a very consumer driven society. Yeah. They want you spending yeah. everything, whether it's cash, credit, yeah. they want you spending. And too many people fall into that trap because that's what's pushed. But they yeah. don't have that education. They don't have that structure and the financial discipline or the, even the know how to be like, OK, well, this is how it works and why. Yeah. You know, Steve, earlier you also asked, how do you use credit to build wealth or or something around that parameter? And I think I left that out. Um, The way that I look at it is 
there's there's or the way that I've heard people look at it is there's something called good debt and there's something called bad debt, right? Examples of each. Well, bad debt would be something like if you use your credit card to go buy the latest sneakers of $200 and you really don't have the cash to repay that at the moment, right? But you do that consecutively, well, you're going to rack up what bad debt. Another example is the summer is here. I want to take a vacation with my family. I really don't have those extra three to $4,000, but I'm going to put it on my credit card and over time I'll pay for it. Those are great examples of bad debt, which people do on a day-to-day basis. Yep. Now, something that's a little more irregular is examples of good debt, which is where you actually use credit to make money off of right? Whether it's your personal, but preferably your business, which is something that you can help people with. Um, But one example of the way that we did it was when our business started thriving, we actually put our credit to work. We had the financials to back it up and we actually ended up buying a commercial building. My wife and I were currently renting a home. So we were like, okay, what do we do? Do we buy a house, right? And we live in Southern California and it's you know, you were a realtor before, and you know that California has always been expensive, but right now it's it's stupid expensive, Crazy. right? So we're like, okay, why don't we just rent for a few years, but we put our money to better use. Let's buy a commercial building, right? Mm-hmm. Great thing about that is that right now we have tenants. We're actually paying half of the bill. Our staff has moved into the other half of the building so it's great. It's a great investment so far because somebody's paying half of that mortgage already, right? And then the and other then, half is a write-off. And the other half is a write-off. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, interestingly enough, combining the combining the um, the the question of how do we advise young people uh, on, on managing credit and 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 saving money, I started doing something with my son. Now, no, you know, mind you, my son is only ten years old. Right. But I started teaching him keywords that you will never hear out there as a kid or as a young adult, which is assets and liabilities. So I opened up a checking account for my son, at Chase Bank. If, if you guys have kids out there, for those of you guys that are listening right now, I think Chase will let you open an account once uh, your child turns like six or seven, something like that. So he has his own debit card with his name and a savings account attached to it as well. So now every time we go to Target, he wants to take his debit card, right? And so I was like, hey, you know what? Let me, let me, uh, let me tell you something. There's something called assets. There's something called liabilities. An asset puts money in your pocket. A liability takes money out of your pocket. Right now, with the thing that you want to buy, are you buying yourself an asset or a liability? So I had to think about it. And he's like, a liability? I'm like, okay. Well, the way if you really want life to work smoothly for you, you have to take part of your money and only put it towards assets and part of your money that you earn and only put it towards liabilities. And it's a very young idea in his brain. He doesn't quite computer or understand it yet, right? But I was like, okay, I'm going to try to help him to that next level. Now, luckily enough, I'm not going to go out there and tell him, hey, you know what? Go wash cars for the weekend. He can. He can. And I can take him from house to house doing five, ten dollars car washes, right? But I'm like, let's take that to the next level and let's start using debt to make money. So what I did is I financed the car, all right? I financed a 2022 Kia Telluride, beautiful TVs in the back that we put, sunroof, you name it. It's all amazing. I put it up for rent on Turo. The car has rented for like about 25 days out of the month, 26 days of the month in the last three months that I, that I since I just got it. It's been amazing. Why? Because now I'm making debt work 
for me without me actually having to work for that money. Yep. And when I ever share this story, people always ask like, well, what if it doesn't work out? What if people don't rent it? What if these, these things happen? I'm like, I just need that 1%. What if it works? As long as there is 1% probability of it working, that's good enough for me. And if it doesn't work, that means that it was worth taking the risk. That means that I did something wrong. I didn't know how to do it. And I'm going to learn from my mistakes. Right. But if you're continuing to sit on the sidelines and asking yourself, what if, what if, what if, you're never going to get to where you want to go. So never. that money, that's an average of twelve to $1,500 a month that we're making just for the car rental alone. Not only yep. does it pay for the notes, but those, but those twelve to fifteen hundred dollars are actually free and clear, right? After all, expenses are free and clear uh, to go in, into the bank account. So I actually put that money in my son's savings account, and every time that the car comes in, he is responsible for going to, with me to the car wash, washing the car, uh, vacuuming, and all. Right? So he doesn't know what he's working towards yet, but he knows that he has an asset. Right. Mm -hmm. And at some point he's going to have to split part of that asset with me. But <laughs> it's, it's getting him into these, you know, these ideas at a young age where it's like, OK, I'm going to have to deal with this later in the future. So let me get comfortable with it now. That's awesome, man. See, that is parenting done right. <laughs> Seriously. And it, it's it's funny because the whole subject of good debt versus bad debt is a, a favorite of mine, assets, liabilities and Every single time I do a video on good debt versus bad debt, and if I, especially if I use a real estate example of like, okay, you can finance the money and you make this and boom, and you're cash flowing this, comment after comment after comment after comment about, oh, that's too risky. You're stupid. You're going to like, yeah. I, the mentality of people is shocking to me yeah. because they, they hear something like, using your credit to invest and create cash flow or buy an asset that's going to appreciate in value or both. And they're like, Oh no, that's stupid. That's risky. But then they'll go out and buy, you know, brand new car every year, release a brand new car every two years or buy purses and bags and shoes and everything else. That's not a problem. Yeah. That's not risky. Right. It's just mind blowing to me. You know, it, it's funny because um, I love the word risky because it reminds me of, uh, you know, Jim Ron. Yeah. Oh yeah. Old school. Okay, right. By the way, man, when I realized that that guy was no longer alive, I actually shed a tear or two, man. I was like, wait, I'm never going to see this person actually speak live. That, that sucks. Legend. But there's something Legend. that he says, and he says, it's all risky. And that's one of his most famous videos, right? Yep. It's all risky. Everything is risky. Matter of fact, like, this is how risky life is. You're not going to get out alive, right? <laughs> yep. So... It, it's uh, it, just like you're saying, it's crazy, the mentality, the mindset, because we don't really understand sometimes as humans, like, hey, like, what if it worked? What if it was worth taking the risk? And um, I actually have to thank my wife for that mentality. My wife has never been the person that, that's complacent. She's always like, after a year of being in her role, whether she worked at the bank or whether she worked at a cell phone company, she was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to do something different. I need to go to that next level, right? And I was always like, well, what are you talking about? You're getting pay a steady paycheck. It's safe. You're getting uh, health insurance. Like, just don't complain. You're good. Right. Right. 
but she was really the that person behind me that was like, you know, like you can't stay in the same place in life. Yeah. So that's that's yeah, a good to have that in your corner. You said you've been married what, fifteen years? Almost fifteen years now. Yeah. Awesome. It's gonna be fifteen years in December. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. good stuff, man. Congratulations. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. December, you said? December, yeah. December twelfth is my fifteen year anniversary. I'm still, I have enough time. It's August now. I have enough time to think about like, what am I really going to do for this 15 years? Yeah. You, know? you got to do something. Yeah. Got to do something, something good, but yeah. you got time. You've got time. Uh-huh. So what, what, um, what would you say to somebody who just had a, a, a credit event, something happened and they're looking to get their whole thing back on track? What do you have them start with? So the first thing is, okay, I, I want to know what happened. Right. So um, they'll usually tell me their story. I'm like, OK, cool. Like when we start working together, right, you, you have to understand that my my role is to get you to understand all of the things that are within your control and to get you to understand all the things that you're out of control. So people that have gone through bad credit somehow learn about there's something called credit repair. There's, there's a way for you to delete negative things off of your credit report, et cetera. Right. I'm like, okay, well, how does a negative item get deleted, right? And then I go through the basic stuff. It's like, well, there's only two reasons why a negative item will ever be deleted. And number one is going to be if that has a violation that's it's triggering a violation of the FCRA or FDCPA. And number two, if the account is unverifiable. Now, let me ask you this, Mr. Customer. What do you think the chances are of all of these accounts containing either a violation or being unverifiable? Very low, next to none. Yeah. All right. So those are the things that you cannot control, right? So let's focus on the things that we can control. What can we control from this point going forward? Everything that you have on your credit is going to have payments on time from this point forward. All right. Your credit card usage. We're going to work on your credit card usage. I'm going to teach you about utilization ratios, closing statement dates, all that stuff. That's going to ensure your credit score continuously goes up for the rest of your life, as long as you're following those directions, right? Not applying at every single cashier that offers you a 10% discount at checkout, right? We don't want to do that. I don't want to see that on your credit report. So it becomes more of a coaching that we're doing along with looking for errors on the credit report. But it's, it's, I always compare this to losing weight. People think it's all about going to the gym, going about to the gym, but a good 80% of that is really cutting back on the things that you've been eating for the last two to three years, and the same thing applies here. In order for you to successfully get back on track, improve your credit, start getting those credit approvals again, is all about doing uh, the or, or building your credit, I should say. It's all about doing the right or displaying the right financial behaviors the banks and lenders want to see. Because I always people people give I sorry I always give people this analogy. I'm like, think about your favorite restaurant, right? And then I always have them like tell me what's the name of your favorite restaurant. And I'll be like, okay, the Cheesecake Factory. Great. How does the Cheesecake Factory make the most amount of money? Well, by selling as much of their product or their food from their menu, right? Makes sense. Now, let's translate that into credit. Think about banks and lenders. How do they make the most amount of money? Well, by lending as much as possible, right? They are in the business of lending. They That means that they want to give you credit card approvals. They want you to get the high limits. They want you to get the auto loan, the home loan. They want to tell you, hey, Steve, congratulations. Here's a pre-approval letter for $800,000. Go find the house of your dreams, move in, and make forever memories with your family. But they're not going to do that with just anybody. The 
only way that they're going to do that if, is if they can trust you. And if they can trust you, then they're going to get you approved. But in order for you to earn trust, you have to reduce the amount of risk that you represent in their eyes. Because remember, it's all risky, right? But in order for you to reduce the risk, you have to display the right financial behaviors. And there's only five financial behaviors that you need to concentrate on, right? But you're never going to be able to display the right financial behaviors if you cannot map out your money, a.k.a. budget. You follow those steps repeatedly. Watch you go from $200 limits to $500 to $1,000 to $2,000 to $5,010 beyond because it's all a pattern. Remember, we were talking about patterns earlier, right? It's all a pattern. So when you're able to connect those dots, then at that point, that's when approvals start happening. And I, and I always tell people about my credit report. I'm like, remember I told you guys I ended up with $113,000 in charged off debt due to my uh, my dad's brain tumor, I got fired from the bank, and I was putting all of our expenses in my credit. I couldn't afford to pay my car or my wife's car, so we got our two cars we possessed. I ended up filing for a Chapter 7 bankruptcy in 2018. Fast forward to 2023, I have over $150,000 in available credit to my name, but I still have a bankruptcy on my credit report that was verifiable. I still have a repossession on my credit report that was verifiable, and a couple of charges on my credit report. But how can a person with negative things on their credit build so much trust, reduce so much risk? I just had to display the right financial behaviors. And people are like, wait, well, what's your credit score? And I tell people, my credit score is 712. They're like, wait, what? I have students in my coaching program, their credit scores is like 760, 780, but they don't have half the limits that I have. And those are the people that are like, dude, like, okay, I'm obviously not doing something right. I'm not connecting the dots that you connected. I want to learn what you did, right? And again, it goes back to what I was saying. You probably have a fundamental wrong idea of what credit truly represents. Exactly. And that's another so, thing that people really yeah. need to understand the difference of. And I used to explain this to a lot of people. There's a huge difference between your credit score and your credit profile. The score is just the first yeah. filter they run it through. You get past that filter, then they start looking at your credit profile. And that's what's going to determine. Like you said, you have students with scores that are 50, 60, 70, 80 points higher, but they can't get approved for the limits mm -hmm. that you have because of your credit profile. So there's that's when you start getting really mm -hmm. digging in deep. But again, it's understanding the basics. And you know what's funny, too? I always tell people, like, when it comes to credit, just because you get items deleted, that doesn't mean your credit score is increasing. You know, it's, it's, again, it all ties down to what are you doing with your current accounts that are open and in good standing? That's what it boils it down really to. Does. I mean, obviously it yeah. can, but that's a, that's a conversation I had to have with credit clients all the time. It's like, oh yeah, I paid you to get my score up. No, 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 no. We talked about this when you signed up. You're paying me to try yeah. my very best to remove negative items and to give you the knowledge so that you can build your score. But it, right. ultimately, it's up to you. I can show you the path. You've got to walk. And some people yeah. just don't want to. They want to just hand it to them. And, you know, that's everything in life, though. The fundamental wrong idea of yeah. how credit works. I, I, that's one. I don't know. that. I don't know why that bothered me. I was doing it long enough. It shouldn't have. But when I would get these people saying, oh, well, you scam me. I'm like, I got all this stuff removed. You haven't kept your payments up. You're currently late on stuff. How yeah. do I have to... Go to your house, log on your computer, make your car payment for you. I mean, I, but you no, know, it's me scamming them, you know? 
Oh, that bothered me because I did everything I could to be as helpful as possible, give it as much information as possible. And I, I did my business in the most ethical possible way. And then to have somebody turn around and say, oh, you scam me. I was just yeah. Like, <laughs> I know what you mean, man. You know, and I, I remember one of the first times that I felt like, wow, like, am I doing something wrong here? Was uh, there was a girl that we helped. I think she had like a total of eight collections. She got six collections removed from her credit mm -hmm. file. And then she was with us for about four months. And then she turns around, calls her bank saying, oh, this wasn't me. Right. So we got all these chargebacks. Right. Um, and it was like we had to show the bank, hey, look, this was all the work that we did for this person. This was all, all the results that we did for this person. So this person paid for this service for yep. four months. Right. And, and she went to go ahead and leave us a bad review. And it, it was it was one of those things that I was like, whoa, like, am I doing something wrong here? Because it was the first time that I ever got any type of behavior like that from a client. Where it's like I get, I went above and beyond to understand your situation and help you through your situation regarding how to best maneuver your credit based on your income, based on your finances, right? I told you all the right moves to make. But what did I do wrong for you to go and do this? And then as I saw a pattern, because these are patterns, everything pattern, is a pattern, right? and life is a pattern, right? There are people that are willing to do that. There are people that are like, hey, let me get this, but I'm going to try to get it for free. And I was just talking to my barber. It's funny. I was talking to my barber about this where he was like, man, I just got a bad review on our on our Yelp page. You know, this guy came for a haircut. He just started complaining out of nowhere. And he did a chargeback. And I'm like, man. And then I'm like, that's a pattern. There's people that are like this in life. But, but the thing about it is karma is real, man. Karma is so real. You do stuff like that and stuff like that happens to you in one way or, or it comes back in one way or another to you. You know what Sometimes I mean? Sometimes it takes a while. But and it and it's just simply <laughs> – yeah. But, and it's a, it's a level of mentality, man. You know, you do good, somehow you're going to be yep. rewarded, you know. And I think like for – at least for us, our marketing proves that. You know, all I do is I just put out like, this is literally how you increase your score. This is how do you remove a negative item if it has errors. This is how you do this and how you do that. And we've been blessed 10 times over and over again with the amount of business that we yeah. get from people. So it's like, you know, if you do good things, good things will all happen 100%. to you. What do you see happening over the next couple of years in terms of economy, Obviously, credit, I think I just saw an article, you probably read it too, but uh, credit card usage, utilization, uh, the amount owed total by citizens of the U.S. just went over a trillion dollars, the highest ever been. Right. I, I did see that. And I also saw that bankers are now going to be tightening up a little bit more on yep. credit lending. Right. So I think that, look, it, just like in any business, it's always it's, it's never going to be the same. There's always going to be some type of fluctuation in the market, right? And I, I saw that in the credit space where we're suddenly having these meetings with bigger companies and, and discussing what's going on uh, in the market, right? And everybody's slowing down. Now, when we first started and everything was thriving, you know, we, we made over a million dollars in 15 months from the beginning of the company, right? And, and it was great. But I remember stimulus checks were going around around this time. And everybody had a little extra change to spare, right? 
right now, be, the pricing of homes is so high where people's mentality is like, well, it's summer. That's one. Number two is if I can't even afford a monthly payment on a house, why am I going to bother to fix my credit? So then we started approaching credit in a different way. We're like, okay, how can we deliver the same message, but from a different angle? And that's when it kind of clicked on me when I was like, well, what am I doing with my credit? Because at this point, I've gotten to the point where I no longer have to worry about repairing my credit, but rather constantly building it and now making money off of it. I'm like, what if I can teach people a way where they can make an extra $500 to $1,000 a month with their good credit? But you have to get to that good credit part first, right? So then that's where the hook started coming in. It was like, okay, let's change the angle because now people don't want to get into debt. Now people can't afford houses at this point, right? But people can definitely use an extra 500, an extra thousand, extra 1500 bucks a month. So I, I, I do feel like the, cha- the the industry is changing for sure. And what consumers are buying is different yeah. right now. You know, a lot of people are getting into a lot more credit card debt. So they're going to become needy and desperate of getting additional money at hand to either pay back their debt or live comfortably. But yeah, it's just my what's thoughts your, on that. What's, uh, do you have a program that you've set up for that or is that something you're working on? So I'm actually currently working on a program. Um, I haven't released it yet, but it's it's called Rise, A Credit Building Journey. And the whole, the whole vision and mission of that is I documented exactly everything that I did to go from where I was at to where I'm at today. So when I release this coaching program, it's a, it's a program that's going to be on Teachable, right? So when I release the course part, it's going to show people exactly what's on my credit report. So they can tell you, no one has the ability to say, well, Ricardo's BSing me because you're going to be able to see my bankruptcy. You're going to be able to see, um, you know, my charged off debt. You're going to be able to see those repos. And at the same time, you're going to be able to see my credit lines, how old they are, which ones I got, which ones are closed, et cetera, right? I want people to have the ability to go in and and, and know, okay, if, if this guy did it, there's nothing special about me, right? If this guy did it, I can do it too. And it's just about learning how the system works. So it's documented the entire thing. And at the same time, uh, my business partner, Danny, he's actually, we call him, we call him Mr. Krabs, right? He's the penny pincher in, in the uh, association, but in reality, he's done such a great job uh, managing and forecasting how uh, the, the business expenses and the finances that um, he put together an entire curriculum of, of money management, of how you budget, the different type of budgeting programs that are out there, and, this, and which one would work for you based on your income and your lifestyle. So... It's, it's something where it's exactly what the consumer needs if they want to thrive economically okay. speaking, where it's the finance, the money management part, right? And then also the credit part, right? So, and they go hand in hand. So, um, yeah, so it's, we called it rise. So the, the whole thing, it's all about, you know, you going from where you're at to that next level. Rise, a credit building journey. Uh, we are hoping to release it in the next 60 oh, nice. days. Um, I think that there's over, oh my gosh, there's about 10 hours of content there between credit information or credit education and money management. So super excited money about that. Money management man. is key to it. That is, it's, it's really, really, <laughs> yeah. they work hand in hand and it's super important. So, well, when you release that, 
let me know. Maybe we'll get you back on the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. I would love right. to. Well, hey, I I don't really have any more questions. <laughs> I, I love the information that you put out, especially when it comes to younger people. And that that is, you know, like I said, that was kind of a, a focus of mine when I was deep in the credit repair industry and, and educating the educating the younger generation, not just on how credit works, but how important it is. And I love what you're doing with your son. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny. Um, I want to do a lot more things with him. And um, this, what was it? I think two days ago, two nights ago, I, w- I took him to Stater Brothers to get some popcorn, right? And I was like, hey, um, how would you feel about making some videos with me? Because I want to get into the topic of budgeting with him, you know, allocating certain funds for certain things. And um, he was telling me, yeah, well, you know, uh, he was telling me he's a little shy at first, right? And I'm like, it's okay. You know, we can work towards you getting right. better and better. And the first thing that came to his mind, he's like, well, do I get paid? <laughs> <laughs> and, man, I just I just started, you know, laughing. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. That's your first thought, well, do I get paid? He was like, well, technically you do. Technically, that's a tax write-off, so I'm sure that we can, you know, do something there where I can put you in payroll. That's a good there. question to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, he's so quick and assertive to ask these questions, and I love that. That's but awesome. um, yeah, man. So uh, probably next time, if if I'm ever invited back to the show, you'll probably hear me talk a little bit more yeah. about that. You know, because I I I, tr- I do believe that there's a lot of uh, a lot of your listeners are parents. And uh, sometimes we don't know what to do uh, to help our children. And we don't even think about that at times. We're like, well, my, my, my son, my daughter, they're going to go through the same issues that I'm going through now. And the only way to help them is for me to be able to solve this issue and teach them the skills that I had to learn to solve it. Yep. You know? Well, that's, a, so, I mean, I don't have any kids, but that just seems like such an important part of the child raising process is to prepare your sons or daughters for success, set them up for success in adulthood. And if, if they don't know anything about finances, credit, budgeting, you're setting them up for failure. Yeah. So absolutely. Sprinkle a little entrepreneurial mindset in there, and you know, <laughs> good stuff. Possible, yeah. Well, we'll definitely, definitely have you back on. We can dig a little bit more into that, and uh, you know, we can also take a look at. Uh, hopefully, you said releasing in about sixty days. Yeah. Cool. Well, let me know. Keep me up to keep me up to speed awesome. on how that goes, and then uh, we'll we'll get you back on, and we can hear about that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. It was a pleasure, you know, being able to be part of the show, and uh, you know, I, I really love the advice that you give out to people on your social media channels as well. Uh, and if there's anything I can ever contribute to, uh, just let me know. I'll be more than happy I, to. I appreciate that, man. I enjoy your content as well. One question I did have before I go: um, you said you do a live every day. Yeah. Do you get a lot of traction from that? Does it help in terms of subscribers or is that more of just building a relationship with your current subscribers? It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of earning uh, earning new followers. It's a a little bit about pushing people that are in defense of of being able to be coached towards, hey, you know what, let me get started. Uh, And it's also about building those relationships. And honestly, it's a lot about... um, having those people come back too and say, Hey, because of you, I bought a house. That's, that's for the most part where I hear all those things because of you, I bought a house. I listened to your advice and I went from 500 to 700 credit scores, uh, et cetera. Right. So there's a little, there's a bit of a different 
things in that mix. So oh, that's very yeah. cool. I might start doing some lives myself. I got to look into that. I've, I've heard a lot of people mention it, both, you know, TikTok and uh, YouTube has a live feature as well, I believe. Uh, you, you know, just about every social media channel nowadays has yeah. a live feature. Uh, I personally do my lives on TikTok. Um, I haven't explored YouTube yet, but it's one of those that I'm, I'm willing to yeah, do. Be something to check out. But yeah, TikTok, <clears throat> I've heard a lot of people, yeah. especially when it comes to TikTok, recommend that as a, a really good addition to, in addition to daily posting and content and all that. Yeah, for sure, man. So I know you've got to get to your day. I appreciate the time and all the insight, Ricardo. I hope people get some real good value out of it. Thanks, man. I appreciate right, we'll it. Talk to you very, very soon. I'm looking forward to having you back on. Likewise. Take care. Bye.